Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Good evening, you are listening to Love Sport Radio. It is Friday, it is our fan show special, and now it is a time, as you've probably gathered from the music, to welcome in the boys from Leeds United, John McKenzie of All Stats, aren't we? Hello, John. Hello, I've just uh, managed to sort out my, my equipment just in time. Minor headphone failure before Con- we came on air. Consummate professional. Absolutely. Joined by Daniel Moroni today. How are you, Daniel? Yeah, not too bad, Jeff. Good, Daniel Moroni. What a great name. When I first saw that, I thought Dermot Mulroney. Do you know who that is? No, I don't know. It's an actor. <laughs> yeah, it's been in uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. Seen that film? No? No, no. That's an old film now. Episode is. of Friends he was in once as Rachel's love interest. There we go. Oh, yeah, I think I know Do you know him, what I mean? Bought yeah. her the scarf. Yeah. Late is doors. He, was, he like really, was he really bland? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, incredibly so. But not, I would imagine a very nice guy. Anyway, you are not Dermot <laughs> Mulroney. You are Daniel Moroni. <laughs> Completely different. Yeah. Uh, chaps, there is plenty to discuss plenty to dissect of course that 100th anniversary victory over Birmingham and the draw against Preston in midweek as well before we get on to it there is a game going on in the Premier League at the moment (laughs) Southampton are hosting Leicester City it is nil-nil as things stand about four minutes gone and pretty much next to nothing has happened apart from the fact that the rain is teeming down at St Mary's and the wind is blowing quite significantly Brennan Rodgers Crocky's hair's going to get messed up, isn't it? Jeepers. Um, gents, just quickly, actually. I know I said, shh, Premier League. Because there is a thing when you are <laughs> with a football league club that there's this resentment towards the Premier League, right? You kind of get that throughout the three tiers of the football league. However, the goal, right? I've always wondered about this. The goal is to get to the Premier League. Leeds United want to win the championship and get out of the championship into the Premier League. So when that happens, do you then like the Premier League I'm not saying that you both <laughs> dislike it but you know what I mean that feeling towards it is a bit there is an ill feeling shall we say I think you have a love-hate relationship with whatever mm. league you're in right and it's like it's like you can take the mickey out of your siblings right because they're your siblings but <laughs> as soon as someone else does it you, you get a little bit protective of it. I feel the same way about the championship to be honest Do if someone you? says anything bad about the championship I'm like yeah, it's not that bad a, a league um, but yeah I think the goal is to go into the Premier League I don't know. We've talked about this before. I think that you know there are cons as well. There's there's certain things that you you do get when you're a fan of a championship club that you do lose as soon as you move up at a division. So I think a lot of Leeds fans will be quite surprised how different the uh, the promised land is from what they expect it to be. Yeah, agree with that, Daniel. Yeah, I know a lot less about the Premier League. <laughs> to be honest, than the championship. <laughs> yeah, really. and apparently at Spurs' new stadium, which I've not been to by the way, you can order pizzas and like Thai food. They're there, like people are there 
choosing their toppings for a pizza. That is not football. It's the prawn sandwich brigade. <laughs> yeah, what has happened to football there? I tell you what. However, it had to be him, gents. It had to be him, the Yorkshire Pilo, didn't it? Last week, we're not going to dwell too much on the 100th anniversary thing because we did that last week and I know, John, you're probably very much over it by now. But uh, another tight game, but a win. Yeah, it's a weird one because we've come away from these these two games this week with four points, which, I mean, I know it's not what everyone wants, but four points, and for, especially playing away at Preston, who are a, a very decent side. I, I'm, I think it's one of those things where you look back on it and, and you think, actually, maybe we were a little bit over over hasty with our with our uh, depressing, um, uh, I guess, assessments of the game. Um Yes, we we probably we probably deserved we did enough to win both games, but at the same time, you know, we're not going to win them all, and I'd, I'd rather take a a late draw um, than than have taken the loss as well. So there were some positives there. Mm-hmm. Okay, Daniel. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, win at home, draw away. That's the kind of formula. It's Easy. The, the cliche. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice and easily done, John. I owe you a huge apology. Do you? I've not started with the opening stat, mate. Oh, yeah. What an absolute disgrace I am. Please, John McKenzie, please can yeah. we start the lead show with the opening stats? So, yeah, the stat, I guess, re- does relate to, to what we've been saying. Um, but Leeds haven't won a game in which we've conceded a goal since the opening day of the season. And that was against Bristol City, and we were a 3-0 up already. Um, Tuesday was the first time we've taken any points from a game in which we've gone behind. So, yeah, it, it, I, that's why I think I'm a little bit more positive about about the Preston result than than perhaps um, some people have been. But again, it comes down. We're going to have to talk about this, so we might as well get out of the way. But it comes down to Patrick Bamford missing a few a, oh, missing crikey. a few sitters. We're and, seven minutes in, mate. <laughs> and Eddie and Ketty are scoring the equaliser, so that that set set up the narrative perfectly. Okay, well, let's get into that then, because Marcelo Bielsa has always already said, I believe, that Patrick Bamford is going to be starting tomorrow. What's your view on this, Daniel? I feel like every, it's right of passage now. If you're going to be on the Leeds United fan show last sport, you have to talk about Bamford and Nketiah. Yeah, it's getting a bit uh, tiresome, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> the kind of yeah, um, I'm I'm not a Bamford hater. Um, I do think he contributes a lot um, in different phases of play, but you do get to a, a tipping point, I think, and I think a lot of the fans are getting to this point where Nketiah is being more productive in the in the key area, which is scoring goals, and. You know, we we set up as a team to put pressure on teams and can try and control um, a lot of the time. And Bamford's good at contributing, but we have a lot of other players that can do that. And there's only one who seems to be up front anyway, who's who's scoring, and that's in Ketter at the moment. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I'm on the fence, but I think Bielsa's <laughs> word is gospel at the moment. So fair enough. And in terms of the goal itself, he seemed like he was in the air for an eternity. <laughs> in Ketter, he's only a little lad. Great header. Yeah. Do you think so? I don't know. I, no? Do you not me, think? Well, I don't know. I, I, if it was if it was intentional, I think he's he's done done well. I just surely of, it was intentional. I mean, there was, well, I mean he, was, he was trying to head it, obviously. But, <laughs> but whether or not he, he was going to, he did all he could do in that situation, right? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Having not been in that situation, um, I, I, it did. It did seem to me as though he jumped a little bit early and then sort of had to wait for the ball to come to him. He did well from from where he was, but um, yeah, you'd, you'd have to you'd have to see the you'd have to see a replay from the side, I think, to really to to really judge it. But there was part of me that kind of thought, you know. He's done well to get his head on it, and it's, it's sort of looped in. I don't know whether or not he was trying to lob everyone. I think he was probably just going to try and do a standard header, and it, it sort of went in. But obviously, I would get crucified for saying that on on the radio. So I would never, I would never give that. A, I would never you, give you've that. Got, you've got to take what you can get, right? <laughs> I mean, you've got to be happy with it. Yeah. Look, my position on the Bamford and Ketia thing is. Um, is that actually I think people people seem to think that the gap between them is so obvious. I think that's where the that's where the frustration is coming from because I think all Leeds fans look at it and think, how on earth can Marcelo Bielsa not think that Inquetia is worth playing? It's just so obvious. And mm. I just don't think that the gap between them is, is as big as everyone thinks. I think yeah, Inquetia is a good finisher. Um Inquetia does come on during um during games, which changes things for a start. Um but 
you know, there's there's all kinds of things that have to be taken into account there. Enketia's goals have been have been okay. None of them have been particularly stunning. Which is again, a goal is a goal, right? It doesn't matter so much. But um, they have been put on plates for him, and people say, well, you know, that's Enketia. His, his movement is very good. But I think Bamford's movement is is good as well. So uh, there's a sense for me in which I think Bamford's obviously underperforming at the moment. Enketia's obviously overperforming at the moment. And nothing, there's nothing to say that what those two things won't change. So if you switch one for the other and then and then and that overperformance and underperformance switches around you just you've got the same problem again from the other side mm-hmm. okay well listen we've got plenty to rattle through so we're gonna finish up the reflection from the weekend and i just want to finish it on where we started it last week to be fair there has been a goal before i get on to that a goal for leicester city ben chilwell putting the visitors up at st mary southampton nil leicester city one. Hmm. They look good, Leicester City, this season. Absolutely. Now, before we move on, I just want to finish on the 100 years anniversary and draw a line under it. But it was quite uh, a celebration last weekend, wasn't it? It was great to see all those images of all those different players. And John, in particular, you mentioned Howard Wilkinson and how he sort of almost had distanced himself a bit from the club. So to see him there and, and the reception that he got from the fans was great. Yeah, it's it's nice to be able to have that that tradition and history, and it's nice to be able to celebrate it. We said last week, you know, there is always going to be a sort of PR element to it, um, but I think the thing that really frustrates me is the the fact that we've had a hundred years of history, and and I couldn't watch the game because it was it was on during the the the, the Saturday blackout. Um, so, you know. It's it's great being able to celebrate 100 years, but it would be great if in the year of our Lord 2019 we could actually just watch the games on TV. But maybe that's me being a bit bit too picky. Mm, actually, there's been some more news as well this week, hasn't there? A further two games scheduled for TV, Leeds United this season. So it must be so difficult as a fan, isn't it, when this happens? When you when you support a club like Leeds, and I know that the chance went round that was sort of dampened by the Sky Sports like noise monitors, I think, weren't they last season? Very very difficult, of course, as a travelling fan and a home fan to watch your team at normal at 3 p.m. on a Saturday. Anyway, we move on. Next up, we're going to be speaking to Joe Urquhart of the Yorkshire Evening Post. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. This is the Leeds United Fan Show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? As always, joined by Daniel Maroney as well. Gents, before we speak to Joe Urquhart from the Yorkshire Evening Post, we're going to quickly just talk about a story today that's come out from you know Kane, Leeds United midfielder, current midfielder of course, who's spoken about the fact he was told basically he didn't have any future at the club. He said, we never had a conversation he gets on with his business and I get on with mine. So it was very blunt. Basically he's talking about Marcelo Bielsa and it's quite interesting because he's currently still at the club, right? So to say these comments you're effectively, I know he's struggled with injury and he may not play for Leeds again but that pretty much puts a line under it. I think so but I think he's probably not going to play I mean, he could even not be playing professional football again. It depends how his uh, injury is. He had a really bad double leg break, and I think that probably changes his attitude to the way that he's going to deal with things. Excellent. Well, Joe Urquhart is on the line now from the Yorkshire Evening Post. Joe, how are you doing? Good evening. I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Now, we're going to get through some general leads chat. We've discussed the games at the weekend. What's your take? Actually, I'm going to start it and get it out of the way because I said to Daniel earlier, this is the first time that I've actually worked with him, right a passage for being on the Leeds United fan show, Bamford and Ketia. What's your call? Flip a coin. That's <laughs> <laughs> easiest, isn't it? <laughs> um, it, it? I mean, yeah, how long have you got? Bielsa took an hour to discuss this yesterday. So I guess um, if, you've got, if you want to dedicate a whole show to it, you possibly could do. I think um, obviously Nketi is making a big impact off the bench, but Bielsa's reasoning at the moment is that he believes Bamford does more for the team. He'll maybe do the unselfish work, um, sort of, you know, that, and that, that is what, what you need to do in a Bielsa team. So I guess that is the reason why Bamford's starting. Obviously, it would be great in an ideal world. Bamford will be scoring every week, but unfortunately, he just seems to be fluffing his chances at the moment. And we know from his history, you know, he is a very streaky player, a very confident player. And I think once he gets one, you know, you'll probably see two or three follow quite quickly. Hey Joe, it's John. I just want to hear what your assessment of Leeds this season has been. I think we're getting to a point now where where the season's uh, old enough for for us to be able to make a, a, some sort of assessment about how Leeds are. How how are you feeling? Obviously, Leeds have been playing well, but um, they've had this scoring inefficiency. So how how how's it been for you from the from the press box? 
Um, yeah, to be honest, I don't see too much difference from last year. Obviously, you can take out personnel. You know, Ben White's come in and done done really well. Obviously, the Hanson there last year. Ruth's gone. You've got Enketi there. Obviously, um, Bielsa decided to go with Bamford this year. But I don't think that. I, I still think they're a great team. Um, and but the thing with Bielsa's team for the last eighteen months has been this Achilles heel of, of not scoring. Um, and not putting teams to bed. I mean, I think the expectation level is maybe what's causing a lot of anxiety in the fan base because obviously this time last year a lot of people were maybe thinking, "Core, I can't believe you know we're top of the league or, or in the top two. Whereas this year, I guess with the expectation level, what happens you know at Derby at home in the playoffs, I think there's maybe that added layer of Leeds should be ten points clear by now. But as we know. You know the championship's so unpredictable. Um, I don't think I, I'm not sure of the midweek results, but not many at the top end won. So, you know, I think it's a grind, um, and it's just a case of trying to solve this 18-month problem really that Leeds have had for so long. And 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 Ketty has obviously been brought in to, to try and help that. And I think for me, the biggest difference is you look at the bench this year compared to last year. You know, you had Jamal Blackman, obviously he was going to come in, broke his leg, but Lewis Baker who went back in January. Izzy Brown, he didn't maybe make as much an impact as, as everyone thought he would do from Chelsea. You look there and you've got Nketi coming on and making making a difference when he needs to. So I guess that, that's maybe one difference you could tell. But from in terms of style of play, very very similar and very much the same problems. Just, just following on from that, I spoke to Phil Hay um, a couple of weeks ago, interviewed him and he it's interesting to, to hear from him because he obviously isn't a Leeds fan per se um, and he said that he was going through a bit of a, a he was feeling a little bit Groundhog Day-ish about, about watching Leeds at the moment it feels as though every game is very similar um, and I wondered whether or not you, you had any, anything to add to that, that sort of experience of watching Leeds uh, week in week out yeah, it does feel very much, um, especially maybe Ellen Road this season, it does feel very much like you're turning up and watching the same game. You know, you're watching them miss countless chances and then either it gets to the last 20 minutes and they're either trailing because they've conceded from a set piece or they've switched off at the back for, for two seconds. Or, you know, so it, it, I, I understand that kind of feeling. I think there is a bit of frustration because it does feel like maybe they've not solved the issues and, and obviously... This has been a problem for a near enough a year now, so I can, I can get that train of thought. I think it, you know, I think if you are watching it and you are watching it from the stands as well, it can be very frustrating to see sort of the same. Almost, it's almost that same old thing, isn't it? Do the same thing and and you look a bit crazier. But that, I guess that's Bielsa. That that is the coach you're employing. You you stick to those methods and, and you hope it pays off. Hi, Joe. It's Daniel. Hello. Um. So just a bit of a change of pace. Um. Do you, I believe you were following the under twenty threes quite a lot last season. Um, yes. Do, do you think the answer is in the under twenty threes? Do you think we should do off with Bamford and Inketia and Edmondson should come in and uh, <laughs> score the twenty goals that will uh, fire us to the Premier League? Uh, well, that would be a very drastic measure, I think. <laughs> um, but I mean, there is a serious point to be made in that Bielsa is making use of his, you know, the development squad mm. in ways that maybe we've not seen for a while at, at Leeds because of obviously what's happened with previous ownership and, and that the academy was sort of left to rot and ruin for a couple of years. Yeah. But I mean, the under twenty three side are producing a lot of good talent, you know, come through. Thor Patch has always sort of had that conveyor belt. So there is people coming through. Obviously, Jack Clark will be maybe a bit more known to people, but there's a lot in there. Um, Victor Orta has recruited quite well. You know, people like Matthias Bogertz, who's make, sort of making a name for himself. Edmondson, obviously, scoring goals. Hasn't been given a chance yet, but, you know, we don't see what Bielsa sees on the training ground, which is, I mean, you, you again, come back to the Bamford and Kettier debate, don't you? And Bamford must be, you know, the, the, there must be some reasons there that he's seeing as to why he goes with him. So, I guess, if you're in there, you know, like Jamie Shackleton is, is obviously making waves as well, being sort of a deputy in Adam Forshaw's role, unfortunate to get injured when he did at the same time as Adam. So, yeah, there's lots of talent in there, but I'm not sure else is the kind I mean we've seen before if you if you're you know if you're good enough you're old enough it doesn't really matter yeah just a, a question for you about I've, I have a bit of a reputation of being a foreshore for stan um, but we've we've been missing <laughs> foreshore for a few weeks now we're also missing Pablo Hernandez um, and I think the result of that regardless of who the questions are about who you bring in have been a, a change in style of play um, we've we've been much less controlling in games we've been much more uh, counter-attacking we've been a little bit more direct um, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that do you think that, that that's just a natural um, development based on the, the players who are available and do you think that when Forshaw and Pablo Hernandez are, are available again that, that Bielsa will want to go back to that really controlling football that we saw at the beginning of the season? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's only natural that maybe if you take someone like Forster and Pablo out, because we all know the quality that that he has, that you are maybe going to lose some skills that other players don't quite possess. Because if you had, you know, ten Pablo Hernandez, his leads would be twenty points clear at this point. You know, so it would be. You know, I think that you know Stuart Dallas has, I think, been quite. You know, unlucky because he's he's almost been a victim of his own versatility, because obviously he started the season so well at right back. Again, not his position, but as now because of these injuries, have been moved into midfield, and obviously he maybe doesn't quite possess the same skills or to the same level that maybe Forshaw would in that in that position. So I think it's only natural there's going to be a little bit of a drop off. I mean, we're obviously starting to see players come back from injury. James Shackleton's obviously going to come back. Cooper maybe to an, an extent, although I think Berardi's done very well when he stepped when he's sort of been required to so yeah I think there's definitely a train of thought to think that you know take certain personnel out um, you know you maybe see a drop across the board but I still think they've sort of been managing games quite well um, it's just I think as well they need to see a bit more from Helder Costa you know 15 million pound rated winger really and you're expecting him to come in in the summer and maybe take games by the scruff of the neck a little bit obviously he's taken a bit of adjustment to get used to the football and maybe up to the right fitness levels but he was sort of someone that they brought in because they obviously knew they were going to have these sort of maybe months without Hernandez given his age and, and little niggles that he might pick up so I think across the board really there just needs to be a few more sort of taking the games by the scruff of the neck. Do you see Tyler Roberts as someone who can kind of come in and be that kind of playmaker that we're missing when Hernandez is injured or do you think it, it lies somewhere else? Or? No, I definitely think he's got the quality. I mean, we saw last year in that 4-0 win at, at, home, at Ellen Road, I think that's his best game he's played for the club since he since he arrived. Um, and I think he certainly has that skill skill set in, in him. Um, it's just whether at his age he can do it on a consistent basis. But again, someone else who has been sort of just when he gets going, seems to break down with another little injury. And, mm. and it almost feels a bit like that across a few players. For sure, has had lots. Douglas, you know, obviously he's had lots of injuries since he joined the club and, you know, and has now lost his spot to, to Gianni Alioski. So, yeah, I definitely think Roberts has got that skill set and maybe that'll be a way to, to maybe trying to get a bit more craft and skill out of people behind whoever's playing up front, whether it's Bamford or Nketiah. Joe, before we get to a prediction for tomorrow's game I'm going to have to put you on the spot but first uh, a bit of news coming out this week on Baghdad Buneja I know that he's been linked a few times with Leeds over the course of the past few seasons what's the likelihood of this happening have you heard anything regarding rumours regarding uh, reports that Bielsa looks like he might plant for him in January uh, n- no I haven't heard anything to be honest you could have made that name up I would, I would not, <laughs> I've not heard of that <laughs> um, but no I, I mean to be honest we obviously know that if Bielsa wants anyone in January, um, they'll have to be well versed in what he's doing. This was his argument last year um, that he wanted people in, and you know, like people like Dan James that they went after. You know, people that will have an effect on the starting eleven. He'll only go for people that he thinks will will be able to dislodge people who are already starting under him. So, I think it'll be very much the same because he believes that you know people that they'd possibly look at will need six or seven weeks to get up to speed, and by that point, you really get into the nitty gritty. You know when when it's going to come down to that promotion chase. So anyone that they do look at will be someone who can immediately impact the starting eleven. It won't be it won't be anyone who they're thinking maybe not. Lovely stuff, Joe. It is Sheffield Wednesday this weekend, of course. How do you see that one going? Um, oh, you've got a back lead, haven't you? I think the the football they play. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday have started very very well. Gary Monks, you know, someone that Leeds fans know. Um, very well. I was speaking to um, my colleague over at Sheffield Star, and you just said that you know they've taken like a duck to water under him, but they're very direct. So I expect Leeds to control the game quite a bit. And again, it's just going to come down to, to whether they can take their chances. I think you know Bamford will be leading line. I hope that he gets a goal soon because he needs a bit of pressure taken off him. But also, you know, because Leeds really need to try and assert themselves on that top two because across the board at the moment the Championship looks sort of quite a mediocre league so it really needs someone to sort of take it by the scruff of the neck and hopefully that can be lead so yeah I think I've got to back Leeds I'll go 2-0 and I'll go for a Bamford brace there you go oh a Bamford <laughs> brace lovely stuff cheers Joe no problem that was Joe Urquhart of the Yorkshire Evening Post right it's listener questions up next on the Leeds United Fan Show on Love Sport we've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display our opinions that is Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Joined by Daniel Maroney as well. Before we get on to the listener questions, it is going to be a long evening at a sodden St Mary's for Southampton. Since we last gave you the report that Ben Chilwell had put Leicester 1-0 up, the Foxes are now leading 3-0 as Chilwell went marauds down the line again with Harvey Barnes. They are so pacey on attack, our Leicester, this season. Yet Ben Chilwell put the visitors ahead and then an awful piece of defending from Jan Valerie allowed Harvey Barnes to break into Southampton's box and Yuri Tillemans finished that chance off moments later. A lovely one-two between Perez and Tillemans saw Leicester go 3-0 up. Cut and thrust. I think I'm going to say here, Ryan Bertrand dismissed for the home side as well. So they're down to 10 men, not looking good at what has swiftly become a sparsely populated St Mary's as well. It looks like a lot of them have gone home for an early bath on Friday night. Right, gents, we're going to move on to the listeners' questions because we have plenty, a deluge of correspondence. Carrier pigeons have been flying into the headquarters to deliver these this week. And we're going to start with one from Dan Holdsworth. Hybrid, if you could splice... Two of the current lead squad to make a better player comprising of all their positive attributes. Which two players would you splice and why? What a question. Well, Patrick Bamford and Eddie Nketiah. <laughs> Job done. Save us having to talk about them. And also it'd be great if Patrick Bamford could score at the moment. So I think that's the perfect the perfect splicing. Other than that, um, I guess Alioski with a player who's got actual footballing ability would be nice. Um, it'd be nice to see maybe Alioski in Ooh. for sure. Um, that's harsh. Is that harsh? I like. I mean, I like it. You saying that? So, but then, what? So then, what attributes would, is Alioski bringing to the? He's table? very good off the ball, right. um, and he he runs around a lot. Um, his his footballing decision making is uh, Alexis Sanchez worthy. But yeah, he's he's useful player. He's had a good season, but um, he he tends to do the exact opposite of what I would like him to do in every scenario. So he's got the, <laughs> the Duracell bunny nicknames. Yeah, that's his, yeah, that's his <laughs> nickname. Interesting uh, back and forth with him and Gary Monk this week as well. Alioski basically coming out saying, I've got no idea who he is. Who is Gary Monk? I don't care who he is. I don't think about the coaches. And Gary Monk responding saying, well, I don't know who he is. Who, you know I mean, for crying out loud. It's like a playground dispute. Although, if you're Gary Monk, you're kind of doing yourself down a bit there because you should be aware of opposition players, for crying out loud. Anyway, we'll talk about that a bit later on in the show. A question from Mike Shipley on Tyler Roberts. My regard for Tyler Roberts almost matches that of John McKenzie's for foresure. Particularly in Pablo's absence, would you go? Would you forego? Sorry, Klitsch as a seamless cog in the system for the more unpredictable threat and flair that Roberts provides. Daniel, I'm not sure I would forego Click. Uh, I do like him quite a lot, um, but I, Roberts has got an excellent kind of touch in close quarters. He's, um, you know, he's a different kind of player to Hernandez. I think he's more of a, a kind of second striker, maybe you'd say, rather than the, the Hernandez tends to come deeper and, and get the ball and Roberts has been doing that but I don't think it's completely natural I think he, he's better further forward mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I kind of agree with the, the premise of it he is a, he's a very good player and I'd like to see him in, kind of fitted into the team more if possible but then when you've got Click for sure Phillips you know where, who do you leave Tough, out in that yeah. Absolutely three at the back gents do we create score or concede more goals playing with three at the back with wing backs or, tra- or a traditional four, even though Phillips will drop in and usually make it a three. That's from Martin Earnshaw. Yeah, we've had a few questions about back threes. But, I mean, the back three we play when the opposition have two up, up front. So it's basically as simple as that. And we talk about this quite a lot, that, that leads, when they're in possession, they tend to play a 3-1-3. Three, three, one, three. Um, even if they even if they start playing four one four one, 
um, one of the central midfielders will drop in between the centre backs and the wing backs will push up and so you end up it, the system is such that you pretty much end up playing the same way either way really even if you have uh, a back four or a back three um, and that's because Marcelo Bielsa utilises what's called positional play so he likes his players to utilise space and manipulate space in the opposition and the way that he likes doing that is is by getting a, eventually a front five so you'll have uh, you'll have your striker and then t- either two of your wide players and a, a full back and usually a midfielder pushing up trying to split because usually you're playing against a back four right so if you can find those spaces between a, a, a back four then you'll have five areas to attack really mm. so um yeah the question i would answer that question by saying the it doesn't really make a difference because in possession we're always going to try and and, and um, f- fulfill that that shape with a back three anyway give or take how far calvin phillips drops or not so um yeah i i, I don't think there's really anything in it other than that okay binky also asked a similar question so i suppose you've you've kind of answered that with with your answer there yeah Matt Chapman, trust the process. Mm, there we go. It always gets into the show somehow. We do need to get that jingle sorted. Are you, Daniel, I'll come to you on this one. Are you starting to doubt your own faith in trust the system? Well, I suppose you're, I'm presuming you both believe in this. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm more trust Bielsa. <laughs> I'm a bit more of a, I think it's a byword for trust Bielsa, but I mean, it's the same difference really, I suppose. But yeah. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to this one, John. Well, do, you, do you think that, that well, trust be- the process is under threat then? You, I mean, I'm starting to say it, to be fair. <laughs> People ask me about Leeds and I really go into the trust the process and the fact that you always bring it up. But, I mean, what's yeah? What's your, your view? I mean, you've always been a, a staunch advocate for this. Yeah, look, my position has always been with Leeds. We're creating enough chances for us to, to um, win games. And that's really all that matters. The, 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 the difference, I suppose, is, is that when you have a player like Bamford who isn't finishing, people will then raise the question, well... Does does the the, the 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 sorts of metrics that you use to um, analyse elite footballers d- does something change when you drop down a division? Is the championship quite so um, regulated as as maybe the Premier League is? Because in the Premier League, if Leeds were playing the way that they were playing, you would expect them eventually to to um, hit the norm and start uh, mm. scoring as many as they should. Uh, and the question is whether or not whether or not Bamford, in some sense, breaks the system. Um, I still don't think we're at a point where where that's necessarily um, uh, an issue. Partly because I think, and, and this is a question that other people have been asking. I think we've got a question coming up. Is is it's not Bamford isn't the only person who's supposed to be scoring. If you look through our top scorers list, it's just a real there's a real dearth of of of, um, of goals really. There's the, you're looking at people like Gianni Alioski and, and Pablo Hernandez being like in the in the top five with like a couple of goals between them. <clears throat> And so I guess the issue is this is this is a team wide issue at the end of the day, and I just I, I just can't see that that there's so many variables that things change. So I'm still trust the process. I'm just a, a little bit, I'm just a bit annoyed and frustrated that it hasn't started <laughs> coming around about to the us. process. Yeah. Well, you alluded to that question. That's from Jacob Thompson. He says, as Bielsa said, the lack of efficiency in front of goal fell on the entire team. Aside from whoever is playing as the number nine, who should be the biggest contributor of goals in this side? Good question. Hernandez scored 12 last season mm. um, and he's been injured so there's he, he's someone uh, that can contribute more um, maybe it's a bit different with him kind of playing out wide um, he doesn't get quite he's kind of the, the, the man before you know he puts mm. the man through to score maybe is the, is the argument um, Click scored a lot last season I think it's probably his best ever season for goals in his career um, so it, these players will kind of come to the party I think eventually um, and then Janssen as well last season he's the, bit, the elephant in the room with the um, his headed goals so yeah I th- it should be coming from everywhere really because in theory in, in Bielsa's system it, there's always the overload and there's always it can be the fullback even you know we've seen Dallas score this season and Alioski um, has got a few I think as well so it's, it needs to come from everywhere so it, it's maybe falling unduly on Bamford really at the moment Um but yeah, it's. I think Jack Harrison is a name that pops into my mind mainly because we play an asymmetric system, and Harrison has, I think, the the, the most number of touches in the box for his position, um, and it's just rare for you to get so many touches in the box and not have uh, a sort of goal tally that reflects that. And then obviously Helda Costa was was our star signing this this season, and hasn't had the the sort of game time that he would like. Perhaps the fans would like, but um, we've not really seen that converted into anything like a goal production as well. So there's there are there are players that you can point to. I think that 
Bamford has, Bamford has become a bit of a scapegoat for a general malaise uh, in front of goal. Mm. Is he the elephant in the room, Pontus Janssen? Is that how we treat him? <laughs> so, to be fair, I saw he, he put out a lovely tweet, didn't he, for the 100 years as well. Got a lot of good response to that. Kiko, this is from Jord, or Jord, Jord, I'm presuming. How well is Kiko actually playing? We aren't conceding that many goals, but we don't seem to give away many chances for him to deal with either. Yeah, it's the same old story, I think, with Kiko, is that in terms of our possession, um, he's brilliant. In terms of our build-up play, he's pretty brilliant, but he does have that tendency to... Uh, strike the fear of God into the fans whenever the whenever he's uh, uh, expected to do anything that involves handling. Um, so yeah, there was the there was, there's the goal against um, Charlton where he sort of palmed it into the into Stuart Dallas and it went in and that was their only real chance. Um, and there's a there's a few you could the, the fans have etched into their memory him coming for crosses and flapping a little mm. bit. So in terms of in terms of his shot stopping, I think he's fine. Uh, in, in terms of his um, his uh, possession play, I think he's brilliant. Um, but you know he he makes such calamitous errors that I think the fans sort of see that as as just him being an incompetent keeper and and they because we're struggling to score as well those clangers become um exacerbated and 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 so it doesn't really make for good watching is he under as much pressure as well this season i don't know i mean that bailey peacock farrell obviously went to burnley not the most brilliant goalkeeper in the world but i guess more accomplished than Connor Ripley. Miazek is there as well at the moment. I don't know whether the case would be that Kassir is quite comfortable in his position and therefore mm. isn't producing the form that perhaps he should be. Well, we've got Meslier on loan. Mm. Um, he's, he's injured, isn't he, at the moment, I think. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I don't think there's really much pressure on him at all, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, he's certainly he's certainly like the starting goalkeeper and then it feels like everyone else is like maybe a third string goalkeeper. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a feeling after the um, the playoff defeat that um, he, he that was his time was limited at the club. You know that that was that was him gone really, and especially the kind of money he's supposed to be on. Um, but yeah, it does get you do get the feeling that there's not really uh, someone who's proven themselves yet in the uh, in the first team who can kind of um, step up. So indeed, just quickly four zip at St Mary's now. Iosi Perret with his second of the game. Southampton nil, Leicester. Four. It was a lovely goal as well. Was a it? Volley at the half volley at the back post. Yeah, good player, stuff. good signing. Thirty million, which you think of in the grand scheme of things, is actually not that expensive nowadays. Right, this is from CBM Primate. Great name. <laughs> Since Cooper has been injured, I feel Berardi has coped very well. Bit of discussion about that would be good. We still need Cooper back for height reasons, but Berra has stepped in well. Yeah, you were you were talking about Berardi before, saying that you were quite happy with the, with the way that he's played. Yeah, I think he was um, probably man of the match against Birmingham. Um, yeah, I'm very. Although there's people who kind of are concerned about his height in, um, you know, Blues had uh, Jukovic, who was uh, that was everyone's big fear. Well, mm. there's always there's always a big man at every team in the championship. There, <laughs> yeah. like if Brady's playing, you know, he's going to be out jumped or whatever. But he seemed to kind of hold his own. Um, the only difference was that was a three three man defence. Um, but I'm very comfortable with, with him in that. The only caveat is when he's on the left side of the if he's the left sided defender, which is what he is when Cooper's Cooper's not there, um it's not it, it does change if we're playing out from the back, it does change the kind of angle he's passing out from and, and it's yeah, <laughs> it can get a bit dicey. But mm. I I trust him more than, than Ailing in that, that back three really. Um yeah, so I, th- I think he stepped up. Berardi's very good on the ball, uh, which yeah. is obviously why he's played as a centre-back. Um, and I think the problem has been... I, I have no problem with playing Berardi when when we have the sort of control that we had at the beginning of the season where you're you're looking at like very like single-figure chances from the opposition um, in terms of, in terms of um, attacks. Uh, at the moment, we like against Birmingham, I think we... We gave away maybe maybe more. We gave away more shots on target, or more shots in general than 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 we actually took ourselves, which is very unlike us. And it was, I think, it was maybe fifteen to us, sixteen to them. Um, and that that's when I start worrying a little bit about Berardi. But that, that said, I I have the same <laughs> I have the same qualms with with Cooper as well. Um, but I have no problem whatsoever us playing Berardi. Really, I think again, the you mentioned the playoff semi final before. I think a lot of Leeds fans got quite fed up with him there uh, because of the the red card he got in that game, and a lot mm. of a lot of the Leeds fans sort of semi blame him for that as well. But it, it's 
the system it's all about the system and, and he works in the system and cooper works in the system so i'm like like they say height does make a difference but i have no problem with berardi when cooper's injured it is all about the system of course it is john now you alluded to this a bit earlier on in the answer so did joe as well actually but what's the trouble with costa's form this is from johnny is he being asked to do things that he's not suited to daniel i think we've kind of been playing more direct without Forshaw and Hernandez. Um, there was a couple of times in the Preston game where it was definitely kind of lumped forward to him and he, he didn't look comfortable being the kind of, you know, wide target man. Um, so, in a se- I don't think he's been asked to do too much in a Bielsa system. Um, I, I think he, I guess the other game was Millwall where he kind of switched off for their second goal. It kind of, he, he let his man go. Um I don't think he's been asked to do too much, really. Um, I, I think he could do more, but then it's it's about playing kind of to his game, where it's you know he's he's out wide, you know we're stretching stretching the pitch as much as we can, and we're we're, we're you know playing quickly through the middle, um, you know, and, and and getting him in behind. Really, I think that's his strength, and that's maybe not the way we've been playing. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem comes from the fact that he's been expected to replace Pablo Hernandez, um, and Hernandez has played as a has played as a sort of inside forward. Um, and is very patient in 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 holding the ball up and then cutting inside. Um, a lot of Leeds fans want to see Costa come on for Harrison. Harrison plays as more of a classic winger, um, and if we, I think a lot of us think that, that that position would suit him more. But that hasn't really been possible, partly because Bielsa feels beholden to to Harrison, and Harrison has has good games more often than he has bad games, I'd say. Um, but I think until we have the ability to 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 see that substitution made we're not really going to know um, how how useful Costa would be top stuff fellas enjoyed that good learned a lot about Leeds United there the fountain of all knowledge John McKenzie and Daniel Moroni of course uh, keep sending those questions in guys if you want them answered by the pair here next up Nancy Frostick Sheffield Wednesday writer for The Athletic will be on the Leeds United fan show on Lustball for the fans by the fans love sport radio the Leeds United fan show on Love Sports. I'm Matt Beadle, joined by John McKenzie of All Stats, aren't we? And Daniel Moroni is in the house with us this evening. We are going to look ahead to the clash with Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow now, gents. Now, since you reconvened in, together in the Championship in 2012, two draws, two wins, three defeats. So it's been relatively even, I suppose you could say. Mm, yeah, I, th- I think I've been really impressed with with Sheffield Wednesday this season, mainly because they had that big upheaval in the summer, um, and it was it was interesting to see how th- how things were going to turn out. So I'm actually quite um, nervous about this game um, overall. Really, oh, yeah. a little bit. Ex manager, yeah, I, I think Gary Monk's a decent a decent manager, at least insofar as I mean, he's not the most exciting manager, he's not the most creative manager, but he. He knows how to cause problems, and and we're a team who are very susceptible to teams who know how to cause problems. So uh, I do feel as though it could be a bit of a slog tomorrow. A bit of a slog. Well, Nancy Frostick is on the line now, Sheffield Wednesday writer for The Athletic. Nancy, great having you on. How do you see this one going at the weekend? Uh, I think it could be a close one, actually. Um, I think Wednesday are looking a lot more compact and kind of a lot better organised than even last time they faced Leeds at the end of the season under under Steve Bruce. So, um, yeah, it could, it could be a tight contest, I think. Hi, Nancy, it's John. Obviously, we know a lot about Gary Monk. How have you found Gary mm. Monk so far? Um, I think he, he's gone over really well with the fans. Um, I guess it was a bit of a tricky situation um, as Lee Bullen's kind of reign as interim came to an end um, and a lot of the fans kind of really enjoy the, the the work that Lee had done but then mm. the results weren't quite coming in and the, the performances were really flat and I suppose Gary coming in has just um, given that, that new manager lift that, uh, that obviously quite often happens um, and he's brought a, a real meticulous um, attention to detail to everything which I'm sure you guys will know about um, you know I think he brings it to every club he goes to um, but it, it's definitely brought in some more organisation and just generally um, shored things up a bit so um, I've been quite impressed with, with how things have gone so far and they're grinding out results that I think you know even six months ago they wouldn't have won like Tuesday night against Stoke it, it wasn't a very good match you know it wasn't a very good performance overall from both sides but Wednesday just managed to do enough to sort of steal the three points there and, and that could be critical over the course of the season 
Uh, hi, Nancy, it's Daniel. Um, just following on from that, uh, would you say that Monk's style is quite a pragmatic one? Um, we remember him at Leeds for kind of a few games where we had 20, kind of 30% possession and still managed to eke mm. out a 1 0, 2 0 win. Um, obviously, it's early days, so I, but I just wondered if you'd kind of seen that in the, in a few games he's had. I think so, yeah. I mean, um, again, something that I have kind of picked up from speaking to various people about his time at Leeds is he's kind of doing a good job with what he has at the moment at Wednesday. Um, and if you take the goal on Tuesday night as an example, you know, Morgan Fox played a long ball, pretty much route one up to Stephen Fletcher, who headed it on, mistake at the back from Stoke, and then Massimo Luongo slipped in and, and scored. So it's not necessarily, you know, tiki-taka, nice football, hmm. but I think my feeling in the stadium was, you know, getting the win is enough to keep the fans happy at this stage. So um, I suppose if you then put a run together, whether fans will ask for more in terms of the quality of the goals and the quality of the performance, um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'd agree. That's kind of what we've seen so far, but I don't think that's a bad thing, always. How do you think that the the fans are looking at this at this fixture? I think it feels to to us that the Leeds are a dangerous side and that every every team is worried about us. But we've obviously had a run where we're we're looking less and less dangerous. How would you say that the Sheffield Wednesday fans are feeling about this fixture? Um, I suppose they're probably looking at this as um, the first real test of the season. Um, Considering who they've come up against so far, maybe maybe Middlesbrough would have been previously that kind of threshold of this is a tough game. Um, sort of no disrespect to the other teams they've played, but I suppose if you want to be uh, pushing for the playoff places and pushing for promotion, then then teams like you know Leeds and, and West Brom, who Wednesday playing in a couple of weeks, will be the teams you need to beat. Um, so there's that, and then I think there is the expectation that. Wednesday probably aren't going to play Leeds off the park because, again, how many teams are going to outplay Leeds this season in terms of the style of football that you play? Nancy, probably no one. But yeah, <laughs> just I want to quickly ask you about this Alioski Gary Monk back and forth that has occurred mm. this week. Um, did you hear directly from Gary Monk on this? Because obviously Alioski has said that he doesn't know who Gary Monk is. Gary Monk has sort of retorted with the fact that he's not really aware of Alioski. I mean, I know this is all sort of mind games ahead of the clash, but do you think either of them are perhaps wrong in what they said? Um, I was there when, when Gary was asked the question in the press conference um, on Thursday. Um, and to be honest, I he didn't give off the impression that he was particularly bothered that Alioski didn't doesn't know who he is it's kind of I think he was more focused on the team performance and obviously what will happen on Saturday will, will be the most important thing but um, I suppose it is those interesting mind games and mm. just trying to, to edge out the opposition um, maybe in, in that respect but uh, I didn't get the impression that it was a big deal um, to Gary Monk at all he, he was quite jovial about in his response so um, yeah yeah. I, I don't know if there's too much in it from a, from a Wednesday end I suppose um, whether there was intent from Alioski I don't know but uh, yeah it was okay I think All part of the fun I think just to ramp up yeah. a bit of atmosphere ahead of the weekend Nancy it's been great <laughs> having you on I have to press you before you go a prediction if you will um, I am going to say uh, one all Ooh, on the fence. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, perhaps wise. Nancy, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks. That was Nancy Frostick, Sheffield Wednesday writer for The Athletic. Of course, gents, there is uh, a memorable occasion when Leeds travelled to Hillsborough in 1995. Someone scored their first goal for the club. Who was that man? 95? Yeboah. Thomas Brolin. (laughs) (laughs) Did <laughs> <laughs> you think I am Andrew Dalton? Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> scored his first goal for the club. A 6-2 defeat to Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough in 1995. Who'd have thunk it, eh? That was before Crikey. I started supporting them. Right? It's a while, it was a while out. back, yeah, absolutely. Uh, gents, what did you make of Nancy's comments there and, and, and the game tomorrow? Yeah, I, like I said, you know, we, we know that Monk is going to be pragmatic. We know that Leeds struggle against teams that are pragmatic. Um I think it's it's either going to be a disappointing result or a 1-0 win to Leeds. Um, 
and it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be one of those games where I think it will be. It won't, there won't be a goal in the first half, and it will be Leeds fans hanging on. And then, yeah, whoever gets the the first goal will will dictate the way that the the final result goes. So that's really negative. Well, are you? I mean, are you happy with that? Because obviously, you're always very positive on the most part about Leeds. But to sort of get into this this mindset where that's what it's going to be week in week out. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not not happy with that. But I think when it comes to teams like. Sheffield Wednesday you have to just accept that's the way they're going to play that's the way that a lot of teams are going to play against us because as Nancy says you know team no team is going to come and to play against Leeds and expect to, to to outplay them so it and that's partly I think why Leeds struggle because every team responds to them rather than the other way around so I mean we talk about the system all the time but the system functions partly because everyone else is going to play the same way against us anyway so we sort of have to play the system anyway um but it would be nice to it would be nice to maybe get a couple of early, early goals and just and, and take the edge off. But we we don't do that. Mm. Um, we we're not clinical enough. So you never know. Maybe tomorrow will be will be a quick clinical one. And like Joe Joe Urquhart said, um, maybe there'll be a Patrick Bamford brace. I'll be surprised if that's the case. But there we go. Mm. Daniel. Yeah, it sounds like he's doing exactly what we expect him to do. <laughs> and yeah, he had he had one over on us last year. I think with the the Blues did the double over us, which was. Um, Annoying. Um, I'm so not, score. I'm going to go 2 0. 2 0 to Leeds United. Right, we're going to be reflecting on that game next week when we will be back at Friday, 8 pm. Leeds United fans show on Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.